and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for another week. Uh, we're recording on a sun-kissed evening uh, from all four corners of the mostly the <laughs> middle of England. <laughs> um, it's not very cornery, but well, what a lovely team of people I've got in front of my face this evening. First off, it's a delight to have with me the co-host with the co-host, John Whitmore. John, welcome back. It's been a while. Or were you here Hello. last week? I can't remember. It hasn't been a while. It's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> Which is too soon in my book. <laughs> you say that, but clearly I've missed you a lot. That's what's going on there. Uh, how have your week been, John? Exhibition all done and finished now? Exhibition done. Um, oh, I've taken some photos, which has been nice. Uh, I got in the water with some friends who have just... They've just <laughs> sounds a bit of a random start, doesn't it? Um, one of my friends released recently did a Kickstarter book called Dips and Chips, which is a wild swimming book. And one of the rewards on that was to go swimming with them as a guided swim. And I decided to go along and document that event. So I, uh, I got my, <laughs> my wetsuit on and jumped in the uh, the River Avon in Warwick and uh, went for a little swim up to the castle, taking my Nikonos 5 with me. Nice. <laughs> Justifying that camera with its once every 10 year outing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It did get wet. <laughs> did, did you dunk it on purpose just so you could go, look, I needed yeah. this one with me? Obviously, you can't take any underwater photos because it's just thick, goopy mud, really. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Yeah. That sounds absolutely Well, as well as John, we have got two fabulous guests with us this evening. Uh, one returning favourite and one fresh new face. And let's face it, no one is ever going to accuse Hamish Gill of having a fresh face. So Hamish, welcome back to you, my friend. <laughs> I like the fact that because we're doing this on video, I can do hand gestures. <laughs> yeah, it's and a great feature. <laughs> it's a great feature. Uh, everyone just knows that's a big thumbs up coming from you there. <laughs> That was definitely the finger I put up, yeah. Yeah, it's a delight to have you back on home. It feels like it's been ages since you've been on the podcast, although I've had the pleasure of your company twice this year. So lucky me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just know where this is going. I know what you're going to start talking about. And I don't want you to start talking about it. <laughs> well, well, we'll come to that in just a minute, because before we do, I want to welcome to the podcast for the first time, Holly Gilman. Holly, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. A considerably fresher face than, well, let's face it, either of the other three of us here. The competition is not high, but you're doing very well and smashing <laughs> it. It's a delight to have you with us this evening. Um, you are here to talk to us this evening about something that you've been working super hard on uh, with Hamish, um, a fantastic book which we will get into in great depth in a little bit um and obviously we want to talk about you because you've never been on the podcast before so it'd be really nice to actually find a bit more out about you and all that you do um but before we get on to that as hamish quite rightly pointed out we do need to address <laughs> address one of the <laughs> what, I feel, what i felt like i've done what i just did then was line it up didn't i yeah what you reminded me because as i mentioned um <laughs> you could just walk away could have just, just walked away could have re relied on the fact that i have a very very so we, fragile so we shot what we did is we shot Two weddings, mm -hmm. uh, one in um, Clitheroe, which is very <laughs> far away, and one in Sheffield, which was very far away. <laughs> and, both very uh, northern. And they were both lovely, and mm -hmm. nothing out of the ordinary happened, apart from the one in Sheffield was a bit weird because they kicked us out of the 
city hall, whatever it's called. Yes. Um, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was a bit because you do think, oh, you know, people around here are not terribly friendly, but people are friendly there because what we found, we got there nice and early because amazingly the traffic didn't screw us over. So Hamish and I were having a nice civilized um, cup of tea outside of Costa Coffee or Nero or wherever the hell it was we were. Um, it was very nice. And somebody came over to our table and went, excuse me, don't I know you from somewhere to Hamish? And, <laughs> and obviously Hamish and I is a little bit, no, mate, you don't. We're not from, not from around here. Went, aren't, aren't you the YouTube guy? Say uh, 5MMC. And Hamish totally got celebrity <laughs> spotted whilst out on a shoot in Sheffield. Um, and it was oh just, it was really nice for me to just be adjacent to this experience, feeling the sort of reflected glory coming off him. Of I would say one of your biggest fans ever, Hamish. I mean, he was a big fan of you and your work. <laughs> uh, at least it wasn't the only fans account that he recognised you from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he recognised me off YouTube. I've got like five videos on YouTube. One of them was with John. So there's at least as much chance of him recognising John, I suppose. I get yeah. spotted all the time and they ask me where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it was great. I think what I love most about it was the just slightly awkward bafflement on your face, Hamish. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, uh, but it was good. Uh, so um, shout out to that chap who was very nice. He was, mean, nice, I was, he was nice. Yeah, yeah. He had no idea who I was, which is most offensive. I mean, uh, you know, I was waiting. For, I was expecting to go. Oh, I recognise the sound of your voice. Aren't you uh, that guy from that podcast? I go. Yes, that's me. It's like no, didn't happen. But. You have got a face for podcasting. Though, I have got said. a face for podcasting. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Anyway, I will move on past that awkward incident now, because as I said, it would be really nice to hear some more about you, Holly. We know arguably too much about Hamish and his <laughs> CD existence. We know very little about you. So I know you because of the work you've done for 35 MSME. So you've been writing articles um, and you've got your own YouTube channel and various other bits. So why don't you tell us a bit about what you're up to uh, with your analog photography world? Oh, tough question because there seems to be so much. So, yeah, I began writing for 35 MMC almost exactly a year ago now. Um, and very quickly, I was so obsessed with doing so that I can't remember how, but I became part of the 35 MMC team. So I'm actually on the official page that says <laughs> I'm part of the team, which is very exciting. She was duped. Um, she was duped. What, what's that? He said you were duped, duped into it, I think. What are you mumbling about? <laughs> yeah, stop mumbling, Hamish. Holly, carry on. <laughs> Something to do with cars and kitchens, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they sort of spiralled out of control from there. It, I really came back to photography in the pandemic. I, I'd stopped shooting for a couple of years. Um, and then I just needed something to sort of find myself through the chaos that was lockdown. Um, started back on Instagram, so I'd been off that started up like an online learning log that basically only my best friend read um yeah and as i say it's just sort of spiraled 
up until this point where I've got a YouTube channel, we've got the book hopefully coming out. Um, and yeah, some other exciting things on the horizon that I can't really talk about yet. But, oh, yeah. you can. Listen, we'll get on to that stuff later, whatever you that will. may be. But you, uh, you can talk about anything here. Um, one of the things that uh, Hamish was telling me that you are quite passionate about is the um, using photography to improve mental wellness and, and as a... a um, what's the word I'm looking for? An output, uh, something people can connect with to help them through difficult times and stuff like this. Is this something that's been important to you for a long time? Is this something you've come to during the pandemic? Uh, it's really tough to say, actually. I think I've become a lot more aware socially after having kids. Just everything, you know, diversity, you know, everything, including mental health, the environment, just all of it. And um, yeah, with, with suffering with my own mental health in that first sort of six weeks of lockdown. And I, I mean, I don't mean that that's when it ended after six weeks. I mean, that's when I really fell victim to it. Um, it just became important to me to talk about it because it, it just like with sort of learning journeys and stuff, like I know on, on 35MMC and stuff, which we have the learning journeys for just developing your own skills. And I just wanted more of that. I want I wanted there to be less, I don't know, snobbery around photography and stuff you know a bit like in digital where it's all about the latest cameras and whatever and look what I've got and I think in some of the Facebook groups in the darkroom groups you can get some of this like oh if you're not an expert you shouldn't be asking questions in in the groups and stuff and I just I don't really agree with it and so yeah I like I like talking about it and I find that when I write those articles and they go up I get a lot of private messages afterwards from people saying I'm really glad you posted that like I really resonate with what you've said and um yeah so it's been really nice and then when I came to set up the YouTube channel I just I don't <laughs> I said I don't talk about it in a serious sense but I want to bring like a light-heartedness to it so if you look at my videos <laughs> I definitely don't take myself seriously <laughs> um it is just supposed to be a bit of fun like just yeah so that's that's my aim is just to to bring a bit of fun shoot film have fun is like my new motto so it's a good motto to have for sure and i i think you're right i mean we've all seen and experienced this on here i know hamish you've gone on crusades against people on facebook before now about the um kind of uh, elitism that can happen and i think facebook does tend to be the worst place for it it doesn't don't see it so much of it on twitter and almost none of it on instagram uh, but gatekeepers of knowledge or people who as you said if <laughs> treat you like if you if you don't already know these things, you shouldn't even be asking questions. Like, well, if I knew them, I wouldn't be yeah. asking questions. Like, it's um, it's a very small part of the community, but unfortunately, it's quite often when it's there, it's very loud and very active, and it feels like it can outweigh mm -hmm. all the people out there trying to make a nice positive space for us to do stuff in. And um, and photography is such a useful way for us to step aside from everything else that's going on. Uh, not I mean like I said throughout the pandemic I think there's been everybody has had one common thing affecting them negatively but we've all got stuff going on all the time that we want to step away from and I think photography is great for that kind of thing um, what kind of photography do you tend to do yourself what, what is your escape route through photography I would say experimental <laughs> more because I'm quite slapdash I'm not very technical <laughs> <Yes>. um <laughs> 
I so I have recently discovered that it doesn't really matter what temperature I develop black and white at it room temperature in my house whether it's winter or summer is is fine <laughs> like, <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> I get pretty good results um yeah I like shooting different film stocks that I've never tried before um and uh yeah I did a little series on experimenting with dancing while I was agitating for color developing um I have just tried developing e6 but frankly I hate that that is awful and I'm not going to do that again um, it's a completely different dance routine, E6. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well out of my league, that one. Yeah. You've got to ask league, the but... experts about that one. Do you, I, I'm intrigued by this, do you have like a song that is exactly the right time for developing your colour film? Is there like, a, okay, this song is three minutes, 15 seconds, go, and at each chorus line I need to vigorously agitate, so go. Is there a song that's perfect well, for that? Well, so... When I was coming up with the idea for it, the song I had in my mind was Andrew WK and Party Hard, do you know it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the one I had in my head. Um, but obviously when I realised that I wanted to film it for YouTube and my friend who does the editing said, you can't, you just can't do it to that because copyright. Um, so she she's found someone who does the music that I use um and we found some sort of roughly relevant beats on his music mm -hmm. um <laughs> so i did it to that it's very sort of drum and bass clubby music but um but yeah dub if if you watch it um the the highest tempo was supposed to be andrew wk but um i found the first two like actually the, i really like the results from it mm -hmm. the weird color shifts and things was really was actually quite cool in my mind um, and this is because you were basically agitating yeah. constantly whilst doing it. So you, it was yeah, and like as the music changes, you're doing it at different sort of aggressiveness. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, was, um, it was good. And as, as you say, like it's three minutes something to develop color film, and that's about the length of a song, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, perfect. That would be. Fa I would love to see. I think you ought to do a series of things where you basically see. What, how the results are affected by different artists? Because I know people have done these things in the past. We go, well, if you, if you play plants, calming music, you'll get this effect. If you play yeah. aggressive music, you'll get, you know, you need to do the same thing with film. You need to see, well, what kind of, are you going to get a nice, relaxed, pastely colours if you're playing one track and yeah. very angry, bright colours, if not? You know, like that um, experiment where you get like a speaker and you do, it's like flower with water, and then you make it like jump around on mm. the speaker. You do it with mm -hmm. your developing tank, oh, yes. you have it jumping around. <laughs> this sounds like a great idea. This sounds like, so, <laughs> uh, so why did E6, I've never tried E6. John, I know you've done E6 before. Why, because I thought E6 was like basically the same as C41, but with another step or so. Have you read, you haven't read yeah, this? Yeah, that, that was what I thought. <laughs> Sorry, Paige. You say there's an article on, um, that just went out on 35 MC a couple of weeks ago by Laura Kogan. Kogan, I think is that her name. I never, never, never trust myself when I say that out loud. Um, yeah. Where it, she she wrote about her experiences doing um, E6, and it's it's really funny. It's got yeah. more, more well, F bombs in it. Than... <laughs> watch her stories on it when she was doing it on Instagram. No, no, I wish I had though. Oh yeah. Yeah, she makes me laugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that she's writing for 35 MMC. But yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, watched hers. Really um, and there's like when so we we're doing a video on it. I haven't we haven't quite finished it, but um, 
basically I do reference her work because I said, oh, on her story, she said, oh, they come out blue and then when they dry, they're fine. <laughs> and that is not what happened. Like, I had a really blue roll. I had a really green roll. It was just chaotic. And that it requires such a higher temperature to mm-hmm. do the, like, some of it's at 40, so it's not too different, but then some of it's at 60. Um, and you're supposed to be able to do, like, seven or eight rolls with one batch of developer but I think I managed five, um, and then all the results after that were way too dark. Um, and yeah, it just made me really hot and sweaty because it was the temperature was so high, and the results are so inconsistent and not in like a pleasing experimental way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so John, is, I guess, so that sounds like yeah. a success to me. Yeah. <laughs> What's your Crack experience on. with it, with E6 then, John? Because like I said I've not, and you have, and. What uh, what kitties? <laughs> I used Sinistil. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't tried that one. I I can't remember what kit I've got actually. I think it's um, it might be a Fuji Fuji Express or something. I don't. Know. <coughs> I didn't have any of those issues. And uh, like that high that high temperature thing must be unique to Sinistil because yeah, the one I've got was just thirty eight degrees, same as C forty one. I might try ramping it up though, because that sounds <laughs> sounds exciting and sounds super successful as well. But yeah. all the cats, like there, there were some good ones, just overall not really. So yeah, I that don't, blue... I, and I don't like the effect of slide film enough for me to go, oh god, I've got to try this again and get it right. Like, frankly, I really enjoy black and white film. Like that that does it for me. So I'm quite I happy think, to go like, back to that. Slide film's mega expensive as well, isn't it? So if it goes wrong in the developing phase yeah it's, it's a big yeah. hit yeah, yeah exactly and also i mean slides slide film looks lovely it looks fantastic when you see it but none of us are ever projecting these slides um so it's no. it is a little bit of like uh, why are we putting ourselves through this extra difficulty at the exposure side of things and then the extra difficulty or the extra expense of then getting it developed to get an end result which we look at in the sheets and go this is awesome and then digitize it and it's really i mean they you do get a different look from color but probably not quite enough to justify it no the excitement of pulling out positives is not enough to outweigh the 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 experience i had no it doesn't sound like (laughs) that 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 blue thing is really like I, i very rarely do it but when i do i always forget that they come out blue and i'm just like Oh no, it's really disappointing because you don't get to see them straight away, do you? Because of that, you have to wait. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to wait. I've waited long enough to get to this point. <laughs> yeah, although it did turn out that that particular role was actually blue. I, th- I thought I had it near me, but um... oh, I do. I don't know if you can still see me, <laughs> but it is really blue. They are quite blue. That's put, nice. A blue, I've your also blue put period. some of them on Instagram. You can, you can, see, you can see on... Um, on Instagram, just how blue it came out. Oh yeah, those are quite blue. Yeah. They are quite blue. But they're <laughs> nice though. I think it's <laughs> they're, they're basically mono, they're monotone blue. So you know. Did you have a filter on the camera? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worth double checking no. these things. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy done. I like I've shot whole rolls with lens caps on before, so. <laughs> 
these things happen. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. So the, the weird thing is, you shoot an SLR. That's what confuses me. Is how you manage to do <laughs> yeah. that. But when you shoot an yeah. SLR, that's. I mean, again, levels of confidence. SLR, are really... large format. Always <laughs> leave the lens cap on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's baffling. Um, so that's some of the stuff that you've been mucking around with, obviously, over the last twelve months. Um, which I suppose could lead us seamlessly into why you guys are here tonight, which is to talk about a new book that you, uh, well, primarily you have been working on, Holly, on um, putting together, bringing together a lot of talented people to contribute towards um, uh, with Hamish's Svengali-like presence in the background. I'm sure, <laughs> offering his wit and insight. Well, whatever Hamish has to offer in, in regards to that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to take much credit. No, we're not going to give you any credit, really. Um, the book is photography. Uh, mostly all I've done is annoy Holly throughout the process. I think that's pretty much my, my role. <laughs> the book is, I'm going to get through this, no matter what the rest of you do, is Photography Through the Pandemic, uh, a collection of work um, featuring many, many fabulous artists. Um, was this your idea in the first place, Holly? Yes, but it wasn't originally going to be a book. It was originally going to be like a really casual zine that we were going to do, maybe like 10 contributors or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> As these things so often yeah, do. So, so yeah, so so before just before Christmas, I think I was messaging Hamish just to say, like, I've had a couple of ideas for zines. Um, and he just said, yeah, just run with it. See what, See where you get with it. Um, so I think it was like Boxing Day. I was sat just trying to see who had written an article on 35MMC that actually referenced COVID um, and made a list to reach out to. Um, and one of those individuals was Marcus Hofstadter, who runs the United Art Gallery, which at the moment is an online um, thing, but I think will be... A physical gallery i'm not I'm not 100 sure on that uh, but he said oh why don't you reach out to all the people who have contributed pandemic themed um work analog work to us so then he gave me a list of names <laughs> um and yeah we ended up with in the end 49 people um people from around the world all different you know professional photographers amateur photographers people with all different experiences um through the pandemic and my sort of instruction to them was just I want I want to hear about your experience as a photographer whether you know you haven't been able to touch your cameras and you've barely produced anything or whether you've had ideas sparked you know your creativity has gone through the roof whatever it is whatever your experience I want to hear about it um, so for me the words are just as important as the pictures um, but of course we've really lucked out that everyone who's submitted is an absolutely amazing photographer, really. Were you surprised when you when you put the word out there? Was there quite a a positive response to people wanting to take part in this? Because it does seem that the pandemic has been quite polarizing in terms of creativity. This um, there's some people who have felt very motivated. I know um, I saw Dan Bassini has got another new book out. The prolific creator Dan Bassini has got another new book that he's just launched this week. Some people have been really inspired and it has pushed their creativity forward. Other people, and I'm partially putting my hands up for this one, it's kind of just really stymied and been a bit, a bit of a block because it's either stopped their ability to get access to shoot the way and the things that they want to or they've just not felt in a place where they feel like engaging with it. 
yeah yeah so that you know there are people who are literally just trying to get through the day trying to you know get their kids through the day let alone try and create something so um i think we had like literally two people that declined um there were people who just didn't respond to me but in general people were really excited and really enthusiastic about it um uh and funnily enough other than obviously the people who have written for 35 mmc i was surprised uh, at how many were happy to get involved who didn't know who hamish was like i thought i thought his name was going to be what got me contributed mm. yeah were they not from sheffield these people <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. it has i mean i was someone's got the birds yeah, so I've got the door open. I was... Um, is that really... Are they really loud? It's fine, Hamish. He's just giving you some lovely pastoral background <laughs> noise. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised at the quality of the content. That makes it sound like I had low expectations, which I didn't. I was just really surprised at the... I suppose the range of the types of photography and the range of the responses sort of from... There's some some of the some of the photographers are quite sort of literal in terms of the way they represent their emotions towards um the pandemic and some of them are some of the photos are more about just coping with it so it's not necessarily a response it's just a sort of a process if you see what i mean so there's some that's mm -hmm. just landscape photos somebody who's gone because they couldn't do anything other than just walk near their house or whatever so there's just a nice sort of landscape photos that are near the house that's right isn't it the one that's right i'm right about that holly aren't i i'm not talking about yeah. that. um yeah. and then there's some um uh you know where people have um they're sort of quite dark and quite kind of um really staged yeah 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 and um <clears throat> Yeah, and, and different formats as well. So everything from kind of just 35 mil to um, there's, you know, there's all sorts of, like, there's, like, we've got some wet plate stuff in there and all kinds of things, haven't we? There's a real, a yeah, real, yeah. A real range of um, different types of photography. Yeah. Cyanotypes, large format, um, instant photos, all sorts. Was yeah. there anything that really surprised you when it turned up? Was there anything if you stepped back and went, ah, oh, okay, I this was not what I thought we'd be featuring. There's certainly a couple that when I first saw the images, I thought, oh, crikey. But <laughs> then when you read them in conjunction with the text, it really builds a story. And it, that's why I say, like, for me, the text is just as important as the as the images. Like, yeah. There are some quite shocking ones. But when you read what was going through the photographer's mind, they really make sense and they're really powerful. Yeah. Hey, so, Hamish, you were going to say something? Yeah, just the fact that we've got people from all over the world, I think, as well, haven't we? There's, <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know where we are. I'm not sure where the furthest away person is, but there's certainly... Australia, I think. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's pretty far, isn't we've it? We've got Australia, New Zealand, <laughs> we've got Hawaii, we've got Finland, Netherlands, France, US. Yeah, we've got people all over the world. Yeah. And is there any um, common threads amongst what people are writing about their experiences 
not really that and i think that's what really like i was i was kind of worried at the beginning that we might just have you know 20 people who said the same thing <laughs> like, oh i just took pictures in my garden um but no we like the the range is 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 phenomenal really the range of experience the range of how people have interpreted things what they've decided to do what they've been inspired to do or yeah it, it's it's quite quite broad <laughs> Did you have any difficulty getting the written parts of the of this from people? Because I know from speaking to people in the past who have put together publications like this that require not just photographs, but also an element of writing, that getting the writing can be quite a lot harder than getting the photographs from people. Um, um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of my time at the beginning was in editing and making suggestions. And there was, I think there was two people where there was, they they didn't speak English well enough to write um, a piece in English. So one of them, um, I had just about good enough French to help him get it down. Uh, and then there was a German one that had to, we, we found someone to translate for us. Um, there is one submission in there um, where the guy said, look, I am not a writer, so I wrote it for him, but it is clearly labelled as me writing it about mm -hmm. him from interviews that he's done. Um, but he, he was one of our more high-profile high <laughs> contributors. <laughs> so uh, there was quite a few um, interviews with him and things about his work, so it was quite easy for me to go and find stuff out for that one. Because <laughs> it is quite a thing, I mean... and putting together any photography book is always a mission anyway even if you're just doing it with your own work trying to figure out the flow of a book how you're placing the pictures how they sit with one another how it, the story goes through from beginning to middle to end even when it's just one person's work is enough of a mission but um to bring together a collection of 40 how many uh, was it 42 49 49 sorry 49 so this is where this is where Hamish came in, though. Hamish has a really good eye for curation. So go on then, Hamish. Tell us about that process. <laughs> With your good eye for curation. Well, I'm not sure about that. I think I've, 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 I felt like a bully. <laughs> because <laughs> Holly would present me with... Because obviously I run... Um, a company that does graphic design. And although we don't do a great deal of typesetting, I do have some ideas about typesetting and etc. So Holly gave me a sort of first draft after she'd done most of the book, all of the book. And then all of I, the book, I, yeah. yeah, all of the book. And then I kind of went, well, have you thought about <laughs> changing everything? <laughs> yeah. so, so just with that into context, I've never used like uh, publisher software like I've never done it so I had to learn from scratch so I was fully expecting Hamish to come back and say this you need to think about this you know this this is not quite right because I knew that was my first ever attempt at anything like that so but it's worked as a process between us for all the fact that I did feel quite guilty about making you change just even the font about five times um, <laughs> it, it did it, it it did come to it has come together it did come together quite 
quite easily, didn't it? I th- not easy, easy yeah. to list the wrong, it's easy from my point of view because I just got to say, <laughs> can you change this and that and <laughs> that and then do that 49 times and then do that 49 times and then do that 49 times. But it was, um, I think, credit to Holly uh, in terms of her ability to understand and very quickly um, make the change the, the changes in a way that they would they will do you know what i mean if i'd impl- if i'd given holly a job as a graphic designer i would be incredibly pleased with the speed at which she was able to learn how to do types because thank it was, you it was, <laughs> it was it was it was very it was impressive um and i you know as i say i did feel like a bully because i think we did have to change the font about because i gave holly because obviously i've got 35 mc has got a font i bought a, a font from um What's it? Oh God, I can't remember what it's called. I never remember its name. Andrew, Andrew Bellamy is the guy who made that. 55, 57 now or something. It's called now. Fifty-seven. Um, so I've got a I've got a font that that's sort of the thirty-five MMC font, which I gave to Holly. What I should have said is, here's a font. Only use it for the titles. What she did was just use it for the body text as well. Which obviously for, for for body copy, you need to use. If for print, it needs to be. You know, it is amazing what difference the font, font makes as well. <laughs> yeah, and things like line height. We had quite a lot of conversations about line height, and um, and then and then there was we got to the stage where I hadn't noticed that even though she was using the font that I'd said, it was bold. And by that time, I'd looked at it or a semi bold, and I'd looked at it so many times I couldn't see it anymore. So then I gave it to my business partner, who's much more experienced in typesetting than I am. And, he went, yeah, the font's a bit bold. I was like, oh, what? to change it like so many times. Oh, Holly, uh, the font's a bit bold. Is there any chance we can change it again? It was so subtle, though, wasn't it? It was like as you were going through it, like every now and then there'd be a little section that was ever so slightly bolder than the rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really bizarre. Yeah. Have you um have you printed it out yet? Just oh, like, sh- on sh- on sh- crappy sh- paper. Sh- don't don't because there's like a whole other potential there <laughs> it'll all we've be got it, 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 i'm sure it will be and this obviously depending on the publisher we use obviously we'll, get, we'll be getting some ad- advice I, I would hope um <laughs> about the um because obviously we don't want to lose stuff in the what do you call it in the the fold in the in the fold what do i call it yeah the crease so, uh, that yeah seem right <laughs> The crack. <laughs> Don't yeah. lose anything down home which yeah. is crack. No. That, that's my biggest fear is is that things will get lost. We did yeah. we did increase the middle. Not that we need to talk about this on the podcast, but we did increase the middle. <laughs> Let's get to the real nigger. I'm um Can I just put in, put this into this book is two hundred and four pages, Holly that, like ho- that that Holly laid out herself, having no previous typesetting experience. I mean if you went to somebody who did this for a living and said, I've got a book that I need laying out, it's 204 pages, they'd do, be a sharp intake through the teeth job, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is a significant undertaking. Well, this is what, like, this is the thing about this that uh, I find really um, intriguing because the idea was originally to make this into a funzine, a small project, let's get some people on, and, and it's become a large premium hardback book i mean that's what you're working towards that is a big gulf between that is this something hamish that you had previously had in your mind of actually i'd quite like to do something 
through 35mmc at some point you know there was this an idea that was bubbling around and then holly came along with this suggestion went yes this is the project or was it more a case of no the project sounds great and i want to try doing this so I just suppose there's not really a simple answer to that question because I was asked to write a book a few years ago by a um, a um, one of these publishers that just pays you a chunk of cash up front and then you you just give them all of the content, literally all of the content, and then then they they sort of um, they just look for somebody who has some sort of name and then they and then they they just kind of milk you. <laughs> for about four months for everything you were forget i think it was it started off at forty thousand words and it was seventy thousand words and then it was seventy thousand words and all the pictures that they wanted out of me for an amount of money that was definitely not appropriate for seventy thousand words and an entire book of pictures so i didn't and i pulled out i i signed a contract and then pulled out of the contract um in the end because it just became ridiculous but it did kind of give me this well wouldn't it be cool if there was a 35 mc book idea in my head bearing in mind this is it's got to be four or five years ago so the short answer is when holly asked me shall i make a zine no that's not where my brain went but when holly said this is something into a book i think we've got a book here should we make a book i went oh is it a book is it that's quite interesting this could be like you know this it the sort of it felt like it the sort of pieces of the puzzle came came together if you see what i mean so yeah having it as i mean honestly i almost don't feel like i deserve a 35 mc deserves it it's so it's so good and it's so much of holly um, and, her, and her effort that it, it, i almost feel like i'm stealing from it by being affiliated from it but um yeah I, i'll be you know assuming that we can make this work i will be you know enormously um proud to be a part of it your first step on your road to being an international mega court publisher, right, Hamish? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find some some other poor person to go and. What so was in... yeah, I'm give this. Uh, have you ever done any typeface typesetting typesetting for? No, no. Okay, so I've got this idea. Like 200 pages. <laughs> go and then once you've finished, I will tell you all of the ways that you've done it wrong. And then we'll go over that about five or six, seven times until <laughs> you start to feel a little bit ill because you work too much. <laughs> Imagine you take it to it, like get it printed, and they come back with some advice which is totally in the direction that Holly did it originally and away from everything you said. Every, every boss went to. <laughs> <laughs> so, for people who, and we're going to come into how you, because obviously making a book is a financially a very different proposition from making a zine um anyway so we'll come on to that in a little bit but from the point of view of people who are going to hopefully want to pick this book up what are they going to find i mean you've talked vaguely about what people have talked about but what 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 kind of journeys are people sharing with that what kind of stuff are you going to find if you open this book and flick through it what are people going to be finding i think what I find the most interesting about it as a collection is that it's so, it would be so different if I reached out to these people in like 10 years time for them to reflect back on their experience or if I asked them just two months into the pandemic what their experience was like it would be completely different what they wrote about would be completely different the images that they shared with me to put in the book would be completely different so this is like 
a snapshot in time like for me this is like a proper historical document it is a almost like a diary of this mm. cross-section of society and their experience of being analog photographers in in this weird time so that that to me is what makes this special and what makes this a bit different to um perhaps even just um collections of one person's work through the through the pandemic not that there's anything wrong with those i've i've, I've collected quite a few of those because i think they're really interesting but yeah i just really loved how this was like a almost like a snapshot it's like a photograph in itself of these people's experience at this point and and, and at the time that we were writing it and, and i was getting their contributions we were almost exactly at the one year mark so it was yeah really really interesting cross-section of, of yeah i think that's really well put and global obviously as well yeah. so and, and that because it's global and obviously the pandemic has been global um, it feels very representative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, broadly representative of, of so many different people from so many different types of background in so many different places in the world. Um, with, with all that kind of variety of regards, location and mediums used and subject matter, how have you gone about kind of collating it and sequencing it? Well, that's what... So did, did we go with just... I mean... It, did we just go with alphabetical in the end? I mean, as mad as that sounds, that it, it, re it really works, not least because the guy who starts the book says some really interesting things that mm. have really nice, that create a really nice beginning to the book. Um, and you, you wouldn't, it's so <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't, you, you, I don't think you would want to sequence it any more, any other way than have it as random as it is because of mm -hmm. how random the the the, the range of com contributors are yeah i think so hey graham who was it that we spoke to the other week that did the states in america um, uh that was um mike wasn't it mike, mike yeah yeah so he did the same thing he just used alphabetical states didn't he because there was no way of sequencing it any other way because the differences between uh, the subject matter and actually that. that ends up making sense because of that yeah i think i've got that book what's that book called i can't remember off the top of my head I, someone's got... reached out to me and said that i should do a uk version of it <laughs> <laughs> um the, the 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 more difficult bit was the sequencing on the pages themselves within mm. the people themselves mm -hmm. if you see what i mean so everybody has four they got two spreads two four pages each basically mm -hmm. so the difficulty was in a lot of cases working out well i didn't see what i didn't see what wasn't included if you see what i mean but when stuff like out of the stuff that was included it was then a case of working out well because i think holly's gut instinct in some cases was to get as much in as possible but then there was a bit of paring down wasn't that holly to kind mm -hmm. of just um, hone in on some of the and well this is the thing when we when I first started creating the document it was a zine so I was setting it up almost magazine style and then when we decided actually this is going to be a book we had to completely rejig everything to say well it doesn't work the design and the layout doesn't work for a book the way it would for a magazine yeah so we've got we had to sort of be a bit more formulaic with the layout of 
images on the pages, didn't we? I think mm. it was because there was so much of it, if it carried on as the original way it was, I think it would have felt too almost too chaotic. Yeah. So once we kind of got into the flow of it, we worked out that there was a series of ways that images should be presented on pages. So if some photographers had got like mini series of three images, then we would have three images down one side of the page with a little bit of information at the note on, on the sort of lower left next to it or something mm. like that or lower right next to it. It's funny, isn't it? Because when you look at these photography books, you don't really think about all the thought process that's gone into laying it out. It looks so simple and yet it takes so much thought. <laughs> How to and, do it, it. and the mad thing is, is the more simple we tried to make it, the almost the harder it becomes. And I think that's yeah. kind of a common thread in, in anything and any sort of design certainly is in um, pretty much all of my experiences of design. You know, the, the more simple something is, the, the, the harder it is to get to get right. And we did simplify it quite a lot. And then once we'd simplified it, it was almost like a, a, ref, a sort of a, it then felt like it needed to be even more and more and more refined because it, mm. it became so simple and formulaic. So, well, now it's got to be right. You mm. know, now every page has got to sort of fit the, fit the formula or fit eight, one of the formulas. Uh, <clears throat> so. I, I, like, fundamentally, that's, that's a lot of images to just logistically deal with, isn't it? You know, mm. just, just from a, like, file storage point of view and how you organise everything and making sure you're getting the right <laughs> images with the right so text this, and the right photographer. one of the big issues we had. I almost had a breakdown halfway through. I just about finished the whole document and then my computer decided it couldn't handle the file size that we were dealing with. And I desperately had to like work out how to split the document into three separate ones and work to work on individually um, because my computer just was having none of it. And I thought we're going to lose the whole thing. Uh, that, that was an awful two days. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got to the stage where I was like, I, I, do I, do I just, shall I like post Holly a Mac? Is that the thing to do here? <laughs> is that the solution to this? Just send her a, a new Mac to like, is that, is that how are we going to deal with it? <laughs> But yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was stressful. stressful. Yeah. It's the challenges I, you're not expecting to hear. Yeah. No. And I think my stress, I, obviously I was quite stressed about it, but my stress was just like the, the stress at the thought of Holly's stress. I think that was where I, the thing that I was most worried about was Holly having a complete breakdown. A total breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, it was... it's, I, I'm sure it's got to be a thing when you're putting something out, the first thing out with a 35 MMC name on it you want it to be something which really reflects how many years of work now you've put into 35 MMC. I mean, you, you don't want to fart out some disaster on your first go. You want to save that to the, at least your second or third attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, yes, but I'm also trying not to micromanage 35 <laughs> MMC <laughs> so much uh -huh. now. Yeah. And trying not to, you know... I'm trying to let go of it a little bit in terms of, you know, one of the reasons I got um, uh, all of the other people that are now involved in, um, that are now sort of on the 35MC team um, was to get more variety of opinion. Because, you know, I don't think of my, I, I know 
other people would say that I'm an opinionated person. I am an opinionated person, but I like to think that I've got relatively relaxed opinions on stuff. Like, I, you know, my view is, well, everybody should just be able to do the thing that they like to do. Mm. But equally, <laughs> you know, when it comes to 35 and seeing the stuff that was written, that used to be written on it, it was all about, you know, reviews or cameras or gear. And I didn't want that to be the case anymore. And I didn't want it to be a sort of, well essentially white male centric which is what how it felt how it felt to me um so um i suppose yeah i suppose <laughs> whilst i didn't i didn't want it to be i yes i want it to be something that's really good and I, and, I, it, and it is really good and i am very proud of it definitely i want it to be more not me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that is that an answer? Did I answer the question? I think. I yeah, more or less. More. I want listeners to know that Hamish very much does have a buffering face when he goes quiet. For a second. There is a, there's just a look. This comes. Hamish is now buffering. Just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll come back online in a second. Um, I've unfortunately lost the visuals of all of you. I can only see myself. <laughs> oh well, that's just to be honest, you're not missing out on much. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the important side of things. You've made a book. It looks beautiful. Beautiful hardback book, 200 pages. Um, how is this going to be funded? Because books are significantly more expensive to bring to market than zines are, so I've been led to believe. What's the plan? So, well, plan, plan, first part of the plan was <laughs> me creating, uh, using my Kickstarter experience, creating a Kickstarter spreadsheet that was designed to work out how many thousands of pounds <laughs> we needed to work we needed to make to make this work and the key to this being so many thousands of pounds is the fact that what we want to do is not just raise enough money to produce this book we want to raise enough money to produce this book and then give everybody who's been a part of it a copy of the book for nothing including postage so obviously we can't pay people to be to have been a part of it but we can give them a book um, and we can pay them to have a book even if they're in australia so the kickstarter fundamentally is about funding that and obviously then funding other people buying you know for, uh, the creation of the book for other people as well and once we did the numbers i think we worked out what happens if we make if we i could probably find the spread spreadsheet it'd be a bit boring wouldn't it mm -hmm. uh, what happens if we make 50 books 100 books 250 mm. books uh and then 500 books and a thousand books or something and i think we we need we basically if we don't raise enough money to make 250 books is that right holly we, we need yeah we need to sell 250 books to make the 301 books that we need yes so yeah. 49 people plus one for me and one for holly so we need to, to sell 250 to be able to make 301 that's and then we, there will be no there will be no surplus. There's no profit. There's no extra cash. <laughs> or I think there's about I think there's about sixty quid or something. Is there about a hundred? I, I think it's more in the pence. Surplus or I don't think like it's that. even that. I think it's like eighty pence each or something. If we yeah. if we sell two hundred and fifty, <laughs> yeah. that, that is not going to get you a new Mac, is it, for the next one? <laughs> <No. month? laughs> um, so that would be nice if we could raise enough money to buy me a Mac so I could make the next one. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I would forego my 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 cut. We've my got that recorded. Now. We've got that yeah. recorded. Okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that can be a stretch goal on the Kickstarter. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, 
2007 Mac Mini. Um, so yeah, so I think it's, it's basically, we need to, the Kickstarter, I've obviously Kickstarter take a cut as well. So we basically worked out that the Kickstarter target is going to be 10,000 pounds, uh, which feels like a lot of money, but, um, we are, you know, the reason that we are on here talking to you is part of the sort of, um, the pre- well, we're, we're still working on the idea that we're going to go to Kickstarter. We had, I've had one conversation with somebody who's interested in publishing books about them publishing it. Um, have had some other ideas about other people who we might talk to. So it may not be that we go down the Kickstarter road if we can find somebody else who's you know passionate about it, as, as we specifically Holly is. Um, so um, we, but yeah, uh, the road is at the moment. This is pre-Kickstarter launch PR, and we're aiming for a Kickstarter. Oh, God, I mean, we were talking about the end of the summer, and it's now the middle of the summer. <laughs> you had a new kitchen put in, that's why. Yeah. yeah. There's another stretch goal for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay off the loan. Yeah. You've obviously got experience with a successful Kickstarter, Hamish. You've been through this once. Um, and so y- you know how this works. You know the pitfalls, whatever. So I'm, I'm guessing that in terms of delivery, we're looking about 2026 for this book to actually get to people. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a low blow, right? <laughs> I'm getting death today. <laughs> A buffering face again. <laughs> Angry buffering face. Yeah, no, you misinterpreted that. that. That was the fuck off, Graham. You're a dick face. <laughs> um, so, fortunately, there is no injection molding involved mm-hmm. in, producing, in producing. Oh, come on, book. Hamish. You can shoehorn that in. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think what we all want is we've for it to basically... It. We've made the books. What we're going to do now is redesign it, and we're going to yes. pay loads of other people to redesign it, and it's going to be even better. Yes. Yeah, no, we're not. None of that. None of that. Um, theoretically, we've got the design. Um, so... We raise the money and we go to, you know, I think the the, the, the pricing that we've got was from, um, uh, what's it called, Mixam. So theoretically, we go to them with a the design and, you know, unless unless another publisher of some sort wants to get involved, we go to them with the with design and they print it in a few weeks and we, we send them out. God, we've got that process of sending 200, 300 books. <sighs> yeah gonna be a bit of a mission also they're probably gonna need cardboard boxes as well so unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> arsehole i'm just saying <laughs> also i think i'm a very believable arsehole <laughs> the most believable so obviously um you're you're looking at different options at the moment but if it does go with kickstarter you are hoping that what we're thinking maybe september time yeah yeah i think so i think so that that yeah that would be that would be i just know everything. full of confidence there i just i just know everything this is this this is the this part of the problem of course is a lot of this was done in lockdown when i was like wow this is, i've got loads of time on my hands this is this is just what life's like isn't it i always have loads of time on my hands don't i i don't never i'm never busy i just sit around at my dining room table doing a little bit of work, talking to Holly, bullying Holly once in a while. 
of course now I'm back in the world of actually working and I'm, I'm literally in the process of employing four new people into my creative agency at the moment so I've got that happening as well so yeah good timing then fun. as always Hamish. Good, good, good timing yeah <laughs> Are yeah. you employing those four new people just to do all the packing and shipping of this book? <laughs> well, I might get Josh to do that. I don't know. I wonder if Josh still <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a very good idea. I think the, the book, uh, we, we'll put a link into this. Obviously, there is an article on 35MMC um, with pictures of the book and details of all the people who have contributed to it. Um, a few names I recognise on there, uh, right near the top, Shane Balkowicz, uh, who obviously we yeah. had in last year. Um, you mentioned earlier about getting wet plates, and I'm guessing that's Shane that contributed those. Um, so if that's an indication of the calibre of the work that's in there, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, and there's a lot lot of names on there that I recognise, although not many people I've spoken to on here, so um, clearly that's a problem we need to sort out there. Um, so, <laughs> Do you reckon we should do a special show where we get everyone on 2016 <laughs> oh god can you imagine yeah one massive 42 way conversation yeah 49 51 49 sorry with us two as well yeah so. uh, I, what you... could possibly oh. go wrong <laughs> <laughs> although i'm interested to see that neither of you two you're not contributing your own work to this no well holly has in as much as it's all the her entire work, yeah. book is her yeah. work. Um, I've written an introduction, and there's like one of my photos in with the introduction. Got you. Um, I just we considered you writing like a little piece. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. I just didn't want it to be anything about. I didn't want it to be a, a, about me. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want me to be a part. It's got the blog's name on it. That's I didn't want. I didn't feel like I needed to have any more stamp on it than that, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, well, it looks awesome. And you will, I'm sure, keep us posted as to what is happening with the publishing going forwards um, and let us know what happens with the Kickstarter. Am I right in saying that people can sign up to a pre That's what I was about to say. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, so there is... um, And people have been signing up to it over the last couple of days, by the looks of it. I was just looking at the numbers a minute ago. Um, So there is a... Uh, a sign-up form on the both the book page on 35MC and the post about the book on 35MC. There's two places that you can find. If you search for 35MC book on Google, I'm just going to double-check that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, signing up with your email yes. address is really helpful to us because that helps us gauge interest and therefore when to actually launch the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a nice mailing list of sort of 170 odd people at the moment that we obviously would like to bolster as much as as much as possible. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, that's very cool. I think the the book looks amazing, and as you said, it's such a fantastic little snapshot of a unique time and such a varied collection of people's experiences of this global happening. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's really awesome, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it come to fruition, hopefully soon. Um, although, you know, listen, Holly, <laughs> you, you know what Hamish is like with Kickstarter. You might be into another global pandemic before he gets it out, so just keep on. <laughs> COVID-27. <laughs> yeah, exactly, COVID-27. Vote now. Um, 
Before you, Holly, I'd find another publisher. Have <laughs> <laughs> you signed any contracts? Like if you've got, if you've you got, got the PDF, said, Holly, about on here and me getting the piss taken out of me. This is what I was. This is what I was talking about. This is. <laughs> and, this is tame. John, do you know who he is? That's that's that guy off YouTube. That's Hamish Gillespie. Oh shit! I thought I recognised <laughs> him. <laughs> Uh, um, before we get out of here today, there are a few things. Um, we're gonna, I think we're going to have to do a backing paper soon because we've got a collection of uh, nice emails to get through, but we're not going to do that tonight. But there are a few things that we just want to make sure of because they are timely before we get out of here. So I'm going to bring up my show notes very quick so I don't forget any of them. Um, the first one is uh, what is following on keeping with rather the Kickstarter theme. It is the final few days as this goes out of the... Um, film kickstarter the agent shadow kickstarter that stephen from cosmophoto has got going uh, as we speak it is horrifyingly close the last few days i felt i don't know why i felt really really tense about it i i, I felt re- on the weekend i noticed so we're five days to go is it four days to go so on the weekend i noticed that it got five thousand pounds left and i was like oh my god he's got five thousand pounds in like seven days left eight days left stephen must be like like I can just imagine the sort of feeling slightly sick. Mm. So I was like, right, I'm going to put an article out about it on Monday. So I wrote an article about it on Monday morning. First thing I did Monday morning was wrote, wrote an article about it, like imploring people to go and back it. Um, and he, funny enough, he also put out an article that day on his website. So then those those two articles kind of did the rounds on, on social media. But I've just been watching it like every day. I think I've tweeted about it four or five times like come on people like Stephen needs sleep think about Stephen here <laughs> when was the last time Steve slept let's put it that way was it 30 days ago probably he's at 98 percent now yeah come on yeah less than 500 pounds to go as we record this um he's gonna make it He's definitely going to make it, but as Hamish said, maybe help him get there sooner rather than later so he can draw breath and relax. Yeah, um, I mean, four days. Yeah. Four as, days. As I mentioned on Twitter the other day, you know, just you're buying film. Treat yourself to some film. You deserve it. Yeah. You know, you, you work hard. You're good people. You deserve to buy some film. So go buy some film through Kickstarter. It'd be good. And you can get four rolls. It's like four rolls for 23 quid or something. Just. It's a no brainer. Just, yeah. Just, just buy some film. Just buy some film. Um, so that's Thinking one about thing. the positive things that you're doing for the Steve's ability to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and, Steve's sanity. You know, supply chain, film supply chain. There's a really positive impact on that here. Loads of good things that you're doing for the community and the industry. That's just read my blog post about it. I often on about three paragraphs about all this good stuff. That <laughs> of course, because fuck it now. Why use one word when thirty will suffice? Um, the Hamish Gill story. <laughs> um, what were the other things? Oh, again, I've lost my gosh darn show notes now. Okay, the other thing. <laughs> Um, the second of Rachel's new series of Ilford videos is out now. Uh, again, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So that's great. Um, another Darkroom video been done. Uh, you, you can see Rachel was quite large when this one was done. She's even bigger now. It's amazing. This whole baby growing thing, it never stops. Although I've been assured it's going to stop quite soon. Um, otherwise, I think she's going to burst. So that's really cool. Uh, also, um, Mike Crawford, our friend of the show over at uh, Lighthouse Darkroom. Um, Lighthouse Darkroom? I'm sure that's not right. But uh, apologies, Mike. My brain's not firing on all four cylinders. Um, to mention that 
uh, he has written an article, one article, I think there's a couple of actual uh, articles in this magazine this month, um, in the Amateur Photography magazine. They have got a piece on analogue photography, which is nice and unusual. Uh, I know Mo Mike wrote on some of the boutique films, including things like Cosmophoto, uh, Cinestill, I can't remember what the other ones were. but um, So, yeah, if you see that magazine out there, it's a UK magazine only, I think. I don't know, maybe Hamish will correct me on that. Um, but do check that out because um, it's quite nice to see some analog photography in a popular mainstream magazine and i think uh, um i think stephen downing's got a couple of pages in that as well there you go what an, is, yeah. what an incestuous little group we are <laughs> um and finally I'm, I'm going to read one email this week um, because it's timely. Uh, this is from Kieran Picken. Uh, it is about a Peak District photo walk. Uh, so Kieran writes in to say, Hi Sunbeams, I hope you're all in fine fettle. Even though I've not had much time for my own photography over the last few months, listening to you guys every week makes me feel like I'm still doing stuff. So thank you for still being brilliant. Well, I don't think that's me we're referring to there. I've decided that the only way to make time to do some photography is to have something in the diary that I'm committed to and can't get out of. So to that end, I've set up my first photo walk using the photowalk.me website. I was thinking it would be a good chance to meet a few new people, so I was hoping you'd share it with the insert collective noun for the Sunny 16 audience. Sunsters, cool peoples, nerds. Um, what's, what's a collective group of Sunny 16 listeners? Disappointed? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the walk will be in my beloved Peak District in a part I've not been to much before and which I hope is enough away from the honeypots to be a quietish part of the park. It will start in Chinley and be a 7.5 mile hike around the Nays, Chinley Churn and South Head and promises to have some pretty awesome views. I'm taking a chance on a new location, but for me, that's part of the challenge of landscape photography. Finding a composition when you don't know exactly what to expect. Although a quick look on Google Maps, uh, link included, uh, should give you an idea of what the country is like around there. I've set it up for 8.30 on Sunday the 25th of July, starting outside Chinley train station. So if you like the Peak District, long walks and landscape photography, perhaps you'd like to come to this. I've limited places to 29 in case Covid restrictions still can't be lifted, but 29 might be wildly optimistic in the first place, so let's see. I've also said that the walk is image medium positive. Both film and digital shooters are welcome and we will teach the valleys to sing in perfect harmony. Unless you only bring your phone, of course, at which point you'll be derisorily mocked and justly so. Uh, I will include the link to this photo walk uh, in the show notes. Uh, thanks again, Sunbeams. <laughs> Keep being awesome. Kieran Picken, SCW. PFAH, which stands for Sunny 16 Competition Winner Picked from a Hat. Listen, winning is winning, Kieran. You you keep that flame alive. It doesn't matter whether you were randomly and arbitrarily picked from a hat. Um, actually, Holly, do you want to mention also, because you brought this to my attention because I didn't know about it, the other uh, photography walk that's going on imminently? Yeah, so um, Analog Wonderland have announced on their um, Instagram that they are organising um a photo walk for the 14th of august um and it's all to do with their she hearts film 
initiative where they're promoting female photographers. I'm not sure if it I don't I'm not sure if it's just for women or whether it's just a you know just in light of the fact that they do this but uh, go, women go and non-binary yes yeah i think that's right yeah so yeah if you're interested go and check it out yep very cool unfortunately i think looking at it it is already full up so um uh, there you go but hopefully that sounds like a great walk two great walks it's really nice to see uh, photo walks happening again um, go to photowalk.me I think you're going to see a lot more stuff popping up on there over the next few weeks and months um, whether it's in London with She Hearts Film or going up to the Peak District I would love I've never been to the Peak District I would really love to do that um, and sadly I know I'm not going to be able to make it but I would really love to do that so if you can go in my stead and have fun on my behalf um I think that's it. Do you guys, does anybody have anything else they would like to draw to the attention of? Uh, oh, Hamish, did you want to, listen, I'm going to give you two minutes to briefly show your lenses if you want to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, is it film photography? It's lenses, isn't it? So I, sp I suppose I did ask if I could show them a bit, didn't I? People mm -hmm. should go to my Instagram, <clears throat> uh, which is Omnar Lenses, O-M-N-A-R-L-E-N-S-E-S. -E -E if you want to see the process of bringing Leica uh, mount lenses to market only using um, people in the UK, which will be the first for many, many years. This has got me a countdown. This is actually a countdown. This is... Mm -hmm. I feel really... <laughs> Yeah, it's gone off now, so oh, I, can, I can just... It's really, really distracted me then with that. I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. Um, yeah, so we're making some lenses, and it's actually happening now. So, yeah, if you go on Instagram, you can watch you can watch the process of bringing some actual lenses to market um, happening in real time, which is quite slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine. And these are all... They're like M-mount lenses, right? Like a mount, and there are they are made out of brass. So we have uh, a company in uh, rugby who are machining the brass components for us. Um, we have Chris in Scotland, who is um, in Scotland in Scotland somewhere in Scotland. He's only just moved there, so <laughs> near Loch Lomond. He he's uh, going to be hand assembling them. They're machined down to like five micron tolerances. So they're like incredibly nice to handle. Um, and yeah, even the boxes are being handmade by um, somebody Amazon. in Kent, I think. Yes, Amazon have all this on board. Let's make that joke again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sang, these lenses are being, all the parts being made down to a five micron tolerances and then they're just being hand put together, probably with bits of sh shortbread <laughs> caught in between, stuff like that. <laughs> no, he's bought. I mean, he, he has actually bought a. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a. It's like a um, a special, a special cabinet that no dust is allowed into, and it's got like. Oh, you and I wasted about half of that because looking at this strange man holding a phone up to the screen that I didn't really understand <laughs> what was going on. Um, well, that's very exciting, Hamish. So, so how long before they actually hit the market? Do you think? We're hoping this side of Christmas. This side of Christmas. And um, I won't ask how much they're going to be. 2012, 21, 22. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> 3012. Um, they are going to be expensive.
that's all right. They're made for Leica people. I, I've, I've come to the conclusion that if you if it's not expensive, then Leica people don't believe it's a real thing anyway. So you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> that's actually right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, um, a lot of exciting stuff coming. Uh, the book especially. Uh, the lenses I don't care about because I'm not like, a rich person with a Leica. So. <laughs> but I know there are people out there who will really appreciate it. It sounds very cool. But the book, I am really excited about. I can't wait to see that when it comes to fruition, hopefully very soon. We will keep you updated from our end. We will pass on once the Kickstarter or however it comes to the market happens. But... Um, Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. Holly, it's an absolute delight to have you join us on the podcast. Thank you. It's been really lovely to chat with you. And Hamish? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, spent, we, we spent too many hours in the car together this, this year already. I, I accept that. <laughs> it's been, uh, you know, I'm going to say, actually, it's a delight spending time. Even when we are spending hours in the car going up north and back, it's always a delight spending time with you, Hamish. So, you know... Feeling is mutual. The um, you Most might only know him from YouTube or from occasional you know podcasts, but he actually one of those rare celebrities that doesn't disappoint when you meet him. <laughs> so if you see him in the wild, do make sure to open interrupt whatever. <laughs> please, please don't do that. I don't know how to cope with it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we will be back with you again next week if not before with a uh, backing paper like I said I might try and squeeze one of those out but if not we'll be back next week I've got another cool chat coming up next week uh, with some interesting developer talk next week we're talking nerdy developer stuff next week so look forward to that everybody Um, until then thank you very much for listening and goodbye goodbye bye